This message comes from NPR sponsor Noom. Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, helps you build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. Check out The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. A note on this episode before we begin, there is a mention of suicide in today's story. Previously, on Rough Translation... They call the love commandos. Love commandos. They sound like ninjas, right? You want to raise your fist in the air and be like, yeah, love is no sin. Please, sir. My girlfriend is another cast. I need your immediate assistance. I was just struck by the amount of people that wanted their help. Running away with the love of your life, that's where you went. This is Love Commandos from Rough Translation. Last week, we told you about a group that swore to protect love couples. On episode two, a story about what that protection can look like. The writer, Mansi Choksi, who joined me last week, will join again in episode three. Today, we begin our tale in the Indian state of Uttar Pradesh. (laughs) In a four-story house in mid-June, which is sweltering in India, the air cooler is on full blast. NPR correspondent Lauren Freyer paid a visit to Akanksha. Akanksha is 25 years old. She loves animals. This is Lachu, the pet tortoise. Oh, he's breathing like... She has a pet tortoise that she sort of coos over. And when I visited, we had to gingerly step over this tortoise um, as it sort of meandered around the patio outside the house. Akanksha's got this... Lovely, shy, demure smile. She's sort of in the background. She serves me tea and sweets. Sandwich or sweet corn? Wow, you're a chef. But she's got a toughness about her that really came out in a story she told me that began on her 21st birthday. Her parents call her into the living room and sit her down. They're so proud of the woman she's become. And they tell her, like, they have done their duty as parents. They've done what loving parents do. And they've arranged a marriage for her. And they tell her she's now engaged to a guy on the other side of the country whom she doesn't know. They show her a photograph of a guy. Her aunt shows him. He's from a good family, they say. A good match. Then you had quite a shock when your parents told you. Yes. So Akanksha says, I also gave them a shock, telling them about my relationship. That's producer Raksha Kumar. You're going to hear her interpreting throughout this story. At that point, she told her parents that I cannot get married because I love Surya. Surya was the son of the landlady that Akanksha's family rented their house from. And by the way, we're only using first names of the people in today's story to protect their identities out of concern for their ongoing safety and well-being. We're going to get to that part of the story soon. Surya is just a little older than Akanksha, and they'd been secretly dating for a few years at that point. And her parents say, tough luck. You're marrying this guy. Akanksha's family is from a higher caste, they're Rajput, and Surya's family is from a lower caste or scheduled caste. But also, Akanksha is on a different educational path. She's getting her master's in zoology. He's in a technical college. My parents expect me that I'm 
Akanksha's parents have big dreams for her. They want her to continue her studies and have a rich husband of her own caste, of course. So they lock her in the house, forbid her to see Surya and take away her phone so she can't call or text him. And yet, Surya and Akanksha still figure out a way to exchange messages. And this is your old house. During my visit to their village, the apartment is no longer occupied, so we're going through the... We went to the outside of the family home, where Akanksha said, just look up. This bathroom is there is the bathroom window where Akanksha would slide scraps of paper. Wow, so you had to climb up to that window and put the notes yes. through. Tiny little notes that would flutter down. Can we see where they go on the other side? Yes. And Surya would go grab them. And did you also send a note yeah. the yeah. other way? Yeah. In the years when they'd been secretly dating, exchanging texts late into the night, Surya says they developed codes for discussing their plans, including plans about what to do if their parents discovered them. Plan A, convince our families, they'll love us, we won't have to leave this house. Plan B is we will have to escape and run away together and elope. But if they couldn't get married and they couldn't elope, that left. Plan C. If nothing works, we will kill ourselves, and that will set an example for future generations. Because, as producer Raksha Kumar explains, the stakes were already high. Most teenagers in India come from families which believe that there is one person that you spend your life with. And that kind of becomes a finality. So at 14 or 15, you're actually deciding who you're going to get married to. So it's an extremely major decision. Surya and Akanksha had known, even from when they first started dating as teenagers, that the obvious next step was marriage. So I think two kids growing up in a relatively rural area, there's a lot of homogeneity wherever they look around them. And the only exception they find is on the screen. This is Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner. When Surya had first told Akanksha that he loved her and she told him I love you back, she felt like this was her one chance to have a love story like she'd seen in the movies. Love is a beautiful feeling. And Surya also pictured their friends watching them like they'd watch a romantic epic. And fighting for this love, it'll take bravery and patience and the sort of grand gestures that you see in the movies. But this story, it's also about the real-life costs of this choice. For the young lovers... And for everyone who loves them. Love Commandos from Rough Translation. Back after this break. 
This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Carvana. With thousands of options under $20,000, plus customizable financing terms and down payments as low as $0 down, it's easy to find a car that fits your lifestyle. Visit Carvana.com or download the app today. Terms and conditions may apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox. Discover powerful new series like Three Little Birds and BAFTA-winning drama Time, starring Bella Ramsey, Tamara Lawrence, and Jodie Whittaker. Stream the best of British TV only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. Is it possible to engineer our way out of the climate crisis? Some entrepreneurs want to shoot particles into the stratosphere to combat global warming. Experts say regulations on this technology aren't keeping up. The world of solar geoengineering on the latest episode of The Sunday Story from NPR's Up First podcast. We're back with Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner. Surya, by his own admission, is not one to stand up to authority. He says he's pretty shy. And his courage to fight for a conscious hand, or even secretly date a girl of a different caste, it flowed from the fact that he had someone in his life who had pushed valiantly against the bounds of tradition. That is his mother, Poonam, the landlady in our story. Surya's dad wasn't around much growing up, so his mom's influence was pretty strong in his life. She would always tell him to look beyond caste differences. Because in her own life, Poonam had played by the rules and suffered for it. She was married as a young teen. After finishing my eighth grade, I got married off to somebody that her grandmother thought would be a good match for her. I didn't even know what marriage was. He worked in the coal mines near their home. But he was often hurt on the job. He racked up debt. And the way Poonam talks about him, he just becomes more and more of a burden on her. She's still a teenager when she has three children in quick succession. I didn't begrudge my family for arranging this marriage. I mean, I thought that was my destiny. Instead of blaming anyone, I resolved to change my destiny. And did you did you change your destiny? You bet I did, sister. <laughs> so she homeschools herself through high school, and she talks her way into a job as a policewoman. Ultimately, she ends up being this, like, troubleshooter, fix-it woman for the whole community. And she also runs this women's empowerment circle out of her home every week. And I happened to be there when they were doing this. She's no longer on the police force, but she's still a bit of a detective. Like, people come to her if they suspect their spouse is having an affair. And so she's, like, really respected. 
Poonam had no daughters of her own, and she doted on Akanksha. She said she never thought for a second that the tenant's daughter might be in love with her son. Akanksha's mother told me that the two of them ran away together. Suri and Akanksha had gone all in on Plan B. They'd run away. Suri had borrowed a motorbike. Akanksha had snuck out of her parents' house and jumped on the back of it. No one knew where they were now. I fainted right there, in front of Akanksha's mother. What have these two done? Her mother said to me, do whatever you have to do to find Akanksha and bring her back. She also asked me to take Akanksha's father along. This isn't just a cry for help from one mother to another. It's also a test. She needs to go find Surya and Akanksha, bring them home, return Akanksha to her parents, and do it quickly because the whole community is watching. The only thing in my mind was, I have to bring them back. I have to bring them back. Because if she doesn't, if she let this happen, she could be ostracized or even targeted for violence by Akanksha's relatives. Because if Surya and Akanksha were playing out their Bollywood movie by running away from home, Poonam had seen the same films, and she knew her role, the role of the parents, defend tradition. If I could not bring her back, then I would not come back either. That's what I promised her mom. Her first act as a detective in her own case is like forensics work. Try to trace her son's phone. But Surya knows that. And so as he and Akanksha are fleeing by train... I switch on my mobile for five minutes and then switch off. They go on this zigzag journey uh, to different cities in India. They go to Nagpur. Jharkhand. They go to Ranchi. Pune. Turning the phone on briefly and then off again in each city because he knows that his parents will be able to track his phone. They are trying to call me, where are you, where are you, where are you? And so he's trying to throw them off. Eventually, Poonam traces them to a city 12 hours away, and that's where she and Akanksha's father travel. They eventually get Surya on the phone and say... Come back. Just just come back. We'll let you get married. We just need to right this wrong, and you need to come back with us. Did you intend to get them married, or was that a trick? No. No. <laughs> it was definitely a trick. She's crying and telling me that, uh, come to me and we we go to home and... We will fix it, whatever happened. And that was a difficult phone call. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was a break. Hmm. When did you think you would see your mother again? <laughs> Don't know. Surya hangs up confused. 
and he turns to Akanksha. And you said, what? I trust my give, mother. No, no, give them a chance. So I said, Suraj, no. Akanksha told Surya, no, I'm extremely scared to go home. Let's please not go. He said, no, nothing will happen, nothing will happen. Okay. And then Surya said, but it's not a problem. It'll all turn out well, so let's go. That night, Surya and Akanksha have the biggest argument they've ever had. Surya, who hates standing up to authority, tells Akanksha it's her decision to make. And she doesn't want to be the rift between Surya and his mom. So the reason you went back... Is because family, yes. ultimately, means is the most important thing. Yes. So Surya calls his mom back and says, okay, we're going to come home. And they are about to meet the parents when Surya gets a call. And that's Surya's brother, who says, are you mad? Do not come back home. It's a trap. And what's interesting is this is a brother with a, an arranged marriage yeah. who's part of the system, betrays his parents and calls Surya and say, don't do it. It's a trap. Surya doesn't want to believe him because believing him means seeing his mother totally differently than the mother he's known growing up. They were still hoping for plan A, and they're still... They're still trying to salvage some of plan A. But just in case they're wrong, they think, we'll just get married quickly before we go. So they've already told their parents they're coming home, but they stall them for two days. They book a temple and quickly get married. I've seen a photo of their wedding ceremony, and they're just beaming. But, like, her dupat is borrowed, and his pagdi turban is borrowed, and this was a five- or ten-minute ceremony in what's kind of like a Vegas chapel. They literally go in, put these borrowed clothes on that belong to the temple, get their snapshot taken, and the next couple steps up. Family's such a big part of any wedding, but especially Hindu weddings, and, and their families weren't there. Surya and Akanksha are coming out of the temple when Akanksha sees her father. I'm very emotional that time, and uh, I'm also scared Scared, she says, about going home. So I was also crying a lot. So they board the train with their parents. Surya's mom is still trying to keep the peace. She says that Akanksha's father was still furious, saying, This is going to cause an incredible stir in our community and our town. And the honor of both families is at stake. So we need you to take off a special necklace that signifies you're a wife. And we need you to wash your face from the vermilion paste that's on your hairline that signifies you're just married. And we're going to quietly slip back into town, the four of us. Surya's mother, Surya, Akanksha's father, Akanksha. And we'll deal with the community afterward. And that's when Surya leans over to Akanksha 
and he tells her what might be the most important words of their whole journey. Wait, wait. Whatever happens, just wait for me. I will come get you. And Akanksha keeps promising him, yes, yes, I will wait for you. The train comes to a stop, not at their hometown, but some miles before that. And Akanksha's dad tells her, come on, we're getting off here. Yes, my uncle yeah. and, and my cousin, brother. And Akanksha, Surya, and Poonam describe how they all suddenly see four to five big SUVs full of male relatives of Akanksha's. That extended Rajput clan, Akanksha says they take her on this eight-hour drive to their native place, to their ancestral village. It's too strong in that area. A lot of relatives and a lot of power also. Political power and uh, some Bahubali type. Political power and muscular power. A few days later, Surya gets a text from an unfamiliar number. Can you read the message? Surya shows us this message he still has on his phone. It says, this is a Kangsha. I'm alive, but I think they're going to kill me. And where she is in the ancestral village. It's the only message he gets from her, and he doesn't dare reply. Surya says that got me really nervous. I started crying. And now Surya is going to need some powerful friends of his own. That's when Rough Translation returns. This message comes from NPR sponsor Noom. Noom understands that not everyone is starting from the same place and takes that into account. With their first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, you can find a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. Taylor Swift has dropped a new album. She is the biggest pop star in the world, and everything she does makes news. I gasped. I was like, oh my God, I've been there, and you can identify with it. For a breakdown of Taylor Swift and her new album, The Tortured Poets Department, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. We're back with Rough Translation. I'm Gregory Warner, telling this story with Lauren Freyer and Raksha Kumar. Now, the village where Akanksha says she'd been taken to and held against her will by her relatives. It has an extremely, extremely dramatic history. Basically, it's known for uh, illegal weapons, which cost you about 500 rupees, which is what? Less than... Um, Six dollars. Six dollars, yeah. The legislator from that particular place has been in and out of prison, is known to have, like, there are these legends about this man. He, he terrorized the entire region. He belongs to the same caste as Akanksha. It's a stronghold. 
So let's just say it's not a place you want to roll into and say, uh, someone has my wife here. Surya doesn't dare. He doesn't call the police either because he knows they won't help him. There is one number that he does call, a hotline of sorts. He speaks with a man on the other end of the line named Sanjay Sachdev. Now, at this point, it's now 2018. It's been six years since that Sachim of Jayati daytime talk show in 2012. This clip of Sanjay Sachdev defending love on that show, it is still being shared on people's mobile phones. And now here Surya was, talking to Sachdev on his. Now, the love commandos have no authority, at least officially. But as Surya will come to realize, the guy he is talking to on this phone knows people. He knows the personal phone numbers of police lieutenants. He knows which priest will marry a couple in secret for the price of a bottle of whiskey in his robe. And he knows journalists who would be eager to write a story about a young wife held captive by her own parents. And so now Suchdev calls the police. And Suchdev tips off journalists. And it's only then that the police... They go to Akanksha's family home, and they tell them, you have to bring Akanksha into the station. You have to have her give a statement. Meanwhile, Akanksha knows none of this. She says she's locked in her uncle's house. And they take turns beating her. Akanksha's father, Akanksha's grandmother. And she says she remembers the rings on her father's hands as the blows strike her cheekbones. We did not reach out to Akanksha's parents out of consideration for her present well-being. But what Akanksha says happened next is that her family gave her an ultimatum. You know what you have to do now, they said. You have only one option, which is to file a police complaint against Surya. You have to say that Surya mixed some kind of a substance in your food, tricked you into going with him, and then raped you. And this is a really common tactic used by parents and other relatives to basically use the police to break up love couples. And Akanksha says she keeps getting told she has to file a case against Surya. She has to go to the police station and file charges against him. It's the only way to preserve her family's honor. And she says, no, 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 I'm not doing it. Akanksha has watched a lot of Bollywood growing up. She knows that everything she's been through up to this point It follows the tropes of one of those cinematic love stories. Even the violence that Akanksha faced from her own family, that is a recurring scene that she would have watched before. But this is the moment that she turns to her parents and she goes off script. After a few days, I think eight days, she relents and says, fine. I'll file the case. I'm spent. Take me to the station. I told my family that I'll tell the police whatever you want me to say. It is hard to think of a scene in a Bollywood movie where the girl agrees to give up on love. 
And it's around this time that Surya, knowing nothing of Akanksha's promise to her parents, gets a call from the same police station. He doesn't know the reason that Akanksha's come to the station. All he knows is he's got to get down there as soon as possible. Sanjay Sachdev puts him in touch with his local Love Commandos volunteer who lives in the state capital where all this is going down. A man named Nitin. Nitin, sir. Nitin, sir, mm-hmm. which is what Surya calls him. So this guy, Nitin, says, I'm Rajput. I think we can approach this village where she's locked up. If, if you come with me, I think we'll be okay. Meanwhile, Akanksha enters an interrogation room flanked by her parents. My father and mother sit here and... And Akanksha says she's broken. She's been locked up for eight days. The ancestral village that she associated with happy childhood summers has become a prison for her. Akanksha says it was horrible. It felt like everything had come to an end. And the officer has a tape recorder on the table. Clicks record. An officer says, do you know a man named Surya? And she says, yes, he's my husband and I want to be with him. And the parents are like, that's not what you were supposed to say. Yeah. And they asked me again, they said, do you know Surya? And I said, yeah, I've been married to him and I don't want to live with these people and I want to live with Surya. My parents asked me, why did you lie? And I said, but well, because even you lied. You said you'd get me married. Instead, you got me locked up. Confronted by their daughter in this way, her parents walk out of the police station. They leave her there, maybe expecting her to crawl back home when she has no money, no phone, no way of knowing if Surya got her message. But still, she waits for hours. And then... So what did you think when you saw her at the police station? I can't express that feeling. I can't express that feeling. He says it's like putting a fish back into water. Akanksha says that she was so happy that they were back together again and that they were going to start a new life together. Akanksha and Surya have no easy script for what comes next. In all the movies that they've seen of this reunion moment, it's followed either by the parents bursting in in a climax of forgiveness, or the couples are doomed by their actions, and they die by the end of the film. But instead, they got on a bus to a shelter in New Delhi. And there, they would enter a story that, while they didn't know it, had played out hundreds of times before. Welcome. It is our base shelter. 
be a shelter of the love commandos. And that story? It would put couples to a whole different kind of test. That's next time on The Love Commandos from Rough Translation. If you want to hear episode three right now and before anyone else, go sign up for Embedded Plus. Embedded is the home for ambitious storytelling at NPR, and subscribing to Embedded Plus is a great way to support that work. Embedded Plus listeners will get to hear each episode of Love Commandos from Rough Translation a week early, and they'll get to listen sponsor-free. So go to plus.npr.org embedded or look for the Embedded channel on Apple to find out more. Speaking of ambitious storytelling, you know something I believe? That telling people's stories with care and curiosity, it can have a transformative effect. It can give us such a fresh perspective on ourselves and the things we're going through. Those are the kinds of stories that I've been looking for for years on Rough Translation. And I'm going to keep bringing you those stories on my Substack. It's called Rough Transition. Not only will you get stories, but we're also going to talk about tools for talking to strangers. And we're having a great old chat. You should stop by. It's totally free to sign up. So go to substack.com, search for my name, or search for Rough Transition. Stories from a changing world. Love Commandos from Rough Translation is a collaboration with NPR's International Desk. It was reported by Lauren Freyer. Our guest co-host is Monsi Choksi. The series was written and edited by me, Gregory Warner, and our senior producer is Adelina Lansinese. Our senior editor is Luis Treas, and our consulting editors are Miranda Kennedy and Sana Krasikov. The Love Commandos team includes Ariana Lee, Parth Shah, Elena Torek, Justine Yan, Dan Gurma, Kimberly Izar, Bhaskar Chowdhury, and Jess Jang. Our producers in India include Raksha Kumar and Sushmita Patak. Fact-checking by Nicolette Khan. Mary Glendinning is director of research at NPR's RAD department. Legal support from Micah Ratner and Johannes Dergi. NPR standards and practices editors Tony Cavan. Mastering by Josh Newell. The Love Commandos theme song is by Vasu and Amira Gill. It's inspired by Rough Translation's original theme from John Ellis. Additional music in this episode by John Ellis, Nick Dupre, Ramtina Arablui, First Com Music, Blue Dot Sessions, and Audio Socket. To see the original illustrations for this series by Vartika Sharma, visit npr.org slash roughtranslation. Our visuals editor is Emily Bogle. Bela Shah lent her voice to this episode. Translation support for this series from Sayed Bismillah Gilani and Anna Priyadishini. Irene Noguchi is the executive producer of the Enterprise Storytelling Unit. Liana Simstrom is our supervising producer. Didi Skanky is chief editor. And Nishant Dahlia is deputy supervising senior editor of NPR's International Desk. Anya Grunman is NPR's senior vice president of programming and audience development. I'm Gregory Warner. See you next time for episode three of Love Commandos from Rough Translation. If you or someone you know may be considering suicide or is in crisis, call or text 988 to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Support for NPR and the following message come from SAP Concur, a leading brand for integrated travel expense and invoice management solutions. With SAP Concur Solutions, you'll be ready to take on whatever the market throws at you next. Learn more at concur.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Grammarly. What if everyone at work were an expert communicator? Inbox numbers would drop, customer satisfaction scores would rise, and everyone would be more productive. That's what happens when you give Grammarly to your entire team. 
Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that understands your business and can transform it through better communication. Join 70,000 teams who trust Grammarly with their words and their data. Learn more at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said, done. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR.